Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Good morning, everyone. Hallelujah. As he's already stated, we're going to look at um, uh, the 23rd Psalm, which most of us has heard and read and many times. But uh, before we get started, let's... Um, Let's pray as always. Um, ask God to touch us. Most of all, not to sound partial, but to touch me. Because <laughs> I need my mind touched. So let's pray. God of heaven, we love you today. We thank you for today, God, for what it means. We ask you right now in the holy name of Jesus. Touch our minds, our hearts, God. Direct us. Father, we need your holy God. I know you have a purpose and a plan for this very day. So touch us, God, as individuals, God, each and every one. You know us inside out. You know our minds. You know our spirits, Lord God. You know what we long for and desire and thirst for. You said, let us come in thirsty and hungry, God, and you would feed us. So I pray right now, let this word be as nourishment to our soul. Touch us, God. Strengthen us, I pray. Touch us this day, God, and we will love and thank you for it. In the holy name of Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you, God. You may be seated. Thank you, God. The big idea says, I want to follow the Lord and enjoy his protection and provision. As he said in, in Psalm 23:1, um, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. To me, this sums it up completely. This verse right here, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. So to me, I really believe that. As a Christian, as what we know in God and what we learn in God each and every day, if God is truly our shepherd, then I shall not want. Not that I'm saying, you know, wow, when I get home, I'm gonna have a new, I'm gonna have a new dirt bike there. That's just a fantasy. Well, let's don't stop there. I'll have a warm plate of fries waiting on me too. But God said, through David, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. God knows us and the most beautiful thing about it, he knows me and he knows you. He knows our minds, our spirits, what we're capable of, what it takes to break us, to make us, what gets on our nerves, what pushes us to the edge when our toes is hanging over. God knows it. So he knows and he's able to do something. I want to read uh, the verse I want to read first is in Matthew. This is one of the times, I think this is the very first time that Jesus himself brings up the word shepherd. It's Matthew 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching, now listen, the gospel of the kingdom. That was his purpose, the gospel of the kingdom. And it says, 
and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Now, God was truly concerned with their souls. This was not a numbers game with God. He was there preaching the gospel of the kingdom. We would say from our point of view, this ain't my message. God is saying, I'm preaching a gospel, but it's the gospel of the kingdom that I'm preaching. I am concerned, in other words, about your soul. This ain't about today. This is about when you leave this planet. That's what I'm concerned about, your soul. And the Bible says that literally they fainted. Now, this is not fainted as, as we see somebody just literally passing out. That doesn't what that means. When the Bible says they fainted, I believe you can take this all the way back. This is me. I believe you can take this all the way back to Daniel when this promise is loosed as I, as I believe it is in this day when the, the time of the end is coming and knowledge shall be increased and many shall run to and fro. When the Bible says here that they fainted, they fainted in their mind. That's where it wasn't like their body was weary and tired. They was tired in their mind. Because what was happening, the scribes and the Pharisees was dragging them from town to town or just who would listen and they was wearying them with the traditions of man and their gospel. In other words, they were saying, here is the Pharisees just telling them, you need to do this, you need to do that. And who rebuked more than anybody else was the Pharisees. Jesus rebuked them more than anybody. So, you know, we could look at it like this or, or just let me do this. If God is truly... And go back to what I just said, that God knows us individually. If God has truly convicted me of, of something that I shouldn't do, and it's a conviction to me, then it is wrong for me to stand up here and try to impose that conviction on you. And that's what the Pharisees was doing. They was worrying the people to death. The Bible says God was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. In other words, we can't tell people what we believe without telling them why we believe it. In other words, they was just worrying the people by death. Uh, but they just literally, the Bible says, they fainted. They were so wore out. In other words, and we see it in our day. If you don't believe me, look at the people just running to and fro. And everything you see is about spiritualism. It is just so... Uh, they're, they're just running all these movies is about so much spiritualism and you wonder why I don't go to movies? Why subject yourself to them spirits? The only spirit that I want to be subject to is the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says they're running, they're searching. And God said, all you got to do is come to me. You want a spirit? I'll give you a spirit. It's called the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And, and they're running. They are literally searching for something that I 100% believe. People are searching. And we see it in our day. And they are just literally, just like in this day, they're fatigued in their mind. They are just so weary from searching. But the Bible is still the same as it was to them. We have to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Saying about me. Saying about me. It's about a better place to come. And it's about a way of getting out of here alive in our spirit. That's what it's about. 
and they, the Bible says that they were scattered abroad. No wholesome doctrine was being fed to them. They was just they just didn't care. And the Bible says that, that Jesus summed, summed it up like this, and this is why I read that verse. They were sheep without a shepherd, having no shepherd. In other words, if Israel could relate to anything, they could relate to this. Because it was like a shepherd. When they took it, and, and, and they found somebody that was the, uh, a sheep that was diseased, they left him. They had a sheep that they wanted to get rid of. They just went to a canyon. Do you think they brought the sheep back? They just left it. They didn't have no concern, and this is what God was liking it to. In other words, Israel was running and searching, and they had no one to watch over them. And all of a sudden, God was saying, what you have been taught about a Messiah coming, well, that Messiah is here. And I have come, and I will be the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, and there's so many names that is applied to God. But Israel knew what God was talking about because so, and it's just unbelievable what, how the shepherd is looked down upon, literally in the natural sense. So the way this does in, in the 23rd Psalm today, it takes and it just reverses, it just reverses the role of when here's David and he takes and just if anybody knowed how to write this it was David and David just reversed it he looked as God being the shepherd and him being the sheep that's the role and that's, that's the way I want you to remember this the way it's done but Psalms 23 is the most quoted of all the Psalms there is David here portrays that he portrays that. He's the sheep. God is the, God is the, shep, uh, the shepherd. It's characterized by the movement of the sheep who knows the seasons and moves the sheep accordingly. When it's time to move, the shepherd let the sheep know it's time to move. It's time to do this. Now, no writing in the world has brought more solace to people than the 23rd Psalm. It has been just read when... When a person or a child of God or at the end of someone's life just needed solace, just needed comfort, they would go to this and they would read this and find comfort in just reading this psalm. But Jesus is likened to a shepherd. We know that. But what's unique is when you look at the 22nd psalm and you read in it, Jesus is likened it talks about the suffering Messiah in the 22nd Psalm. And then we have the 23rd Psalm that's right in there when it talks about the shepherd looking out for the sheep. The 24th Psalm is going right in. And the last six verse just leads it right in to the 24th is the king of glory. So these go right hand in hand when you look at it. Now, but just one thing, I just want to jump ahead just for a moment. One thing that we would notice, and this is ahead of time, but this is just something that I just want to, I just want you to understand. We've all seen that picture 
uh, of if they are portraying Jesus or a shepherd with a little lamb across his shoulders. And wow, that looks so cute. That looks so pretty. But if you didn't know it, but there is another side to that story that is never told. I'm sure that you probably know it, but let me repeat it anyway. That is, there is a truth, a truth, and it's not pretty to that story. But it's got, it has two sides. But the real shepherd, a real shepherd now, that would have a lamb that kept wandering off, what he would do, he would try to discipline that lamb. If discipline didn't work, now there's wolves, there's all kind of animals out there is going to take that lamb. The shepherd knows it. It's going to sound cruel. What he would do, he would bring that little lamb and he would break one of his legs and then he would put a splint on it and then he would carry that lamb until it healed. And I've read this countless times, so I believe I can repeat it in, in, in confidence. And then that's, it, it is said by shepherds, when, you, when that lamb is healed, guess what sheep is the closest to the shepherd? When we're told, I love you, I love you, and we got no correction, We need a shepherd, and the shepherd breaks it, and it heals, and then it said it would be lifelong that the sheep would stay, and all that time that the shepherd carried the lamb on his shoulders, a bond would be formed that you couldn't break. So there's, Israel knew this, and God, when he came and he was likened to a shepherd, I'm going to be a shepherd, but there's going to be times that this may seem cruel, but it's going to be to your benefit. I am not going to sit by and see a lamb devour you. I am going to take and correct you, and what is going to hurt for a while is going to mend, but I'm going to carry you while you mend. I'm going to take care of this, and in doing so, you will form a bond with me that cannot be broken. And he's going to do it, and he will do it. And at times when we are hurting and we feel like we're being disciplined of the Lord, oh, God, let us keep our mouth closed, for we don't know what it's doing for us. We have no idea of what we're going to receive from it. And the shepherd, like I say, are just so ridiculed about the job that they have but shepherd has got to be so sensitive to what's going on. They've got to rise early. Any kind of motion or anything that's going on, he has to be aware. He has to sleep. He just literally lives with the sheep. That is no joke. In other words, it's like he just mentioned David when they come looking for a king. And David wouldn't even acknowledge. You know why? He was with the sheep. And it's just they lived with the sheep. So he just basically where the shepherd gives his life, this is spoken of Jesus, he literally gives his life for the sheep, the animals, 
It speaks of when David, the lion and the bear. I mean, it's no joke. If you love your sheep, the Bible says the shepherd gate would give his life for the sheep. So this is David in his writings. He's looking at how good from the analogy of how good he knows a shepherd. And then he flips it of how good God has been to him. And he says just what he's doing. Now, he takes all of this and he knows that he has to be aware. He has to know. And then he has to lead the sheep. Now, let me, let's just go. Let's just read, read the 23rd Psalm. I'm just read all of it. It's only six verses. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, that's making it sound like two instruments, but it's not. The rod and the staff, it was two different ends, but the same piece. They comfort me, but they was two different it was one unit used for two different things. Thy rod and the staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, one thing that I want to say, that another thing that's very unique of speaking of the relationship that David was looking at, that he had, he had felt with the Lord to him. I have read numerous times where the shepherd in the afternoon would run into other sheep, other shepherds, excuse me, and where it would be close to, close to the night and they would group themselves together and then they would find, like we would say, a box canyon and where they could put their sheep in where they felt like they would be safe for the night and what would happen is the shepherds plural would take and lie down in the opening other words just form a row in the openings and the the reason being is here is the unique thing you got I don't know just say three or four flocks out there that's just roaming with the shepherds laying down, what sheep will not do. Because here's David liking this. To the sheep that know the shepherd, the sheep will not walk over their shepherd. They won't do it. They will not physically walk over their shepherd. And in the morning, God likened it to us. Jesus, when he said, my sheep know my voice. It ain't like that they tried to go through this big process. It's easy. The sheep, when they heard their shepherd call, they separated themselves. So Israel knew exactly what God was talking about. When God calls us, we know exactly. That's, you're talking about a safety net. How us, like there's so many voices in the world. There's so many spirits. 
you know, let this be as peace to us. My sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. So when all these sheep was together, all it took was one voice from their shepherd, and they would go. And just, we, from the shepherd that's with the sheep, every day was long. He just got up, everything, everything was about the sheep, making sure everything was, was done. The old adage that speak, actions speak louder, uh, louder than words. This was truly true for the ancient shepherd because he could actually observe how the sheep, how the shepherd loved his sheep by seeing how much work was put in to care for them. It was not just sitting on the rock as we view David sometime playing an instrument or something. There may have been times, I'm sure that there was, but most of the time was either caring for the sheep, caring for the wounded, seeing that the sheep was not attacked, but other times it was just, just being aware, looking for the enemy, looking for the wolves that would try to come in and attack the flock. That's what the shepherd was doing. That is why God summed it up and he says they was weary and scattered as sheep having no shepherd. You've got to have a shepherd that is just loves the flock. That Jesus himself said that. The gospels are filled with demonstrations of Jesus doing marvelous work. He healed the sick, raised the dead, spent time comforting the lonely and the outcast of society. I have said and I will always say, what must it felt like to the leper? who had to warn people not even to get close to him to felt the warmth of another hand touch his, touch his forehead. I don't know. I liken that to the time that when God took and, and, and ripped the veil between uh, the first person that walked up there and actually looked into the Holy of Holies just to, just to have a hand of Jesus took you couldn't even touch him you couldn't even get close to him and for the Lord to, to put his hand on him I just, I just can't imagine but we see God doing this most impressive of all the Bible tells us he died he was buried, he rose again a feat no one else has ever even come close to being duplicated but the underlying motive of this was profound is just simply put that Jesus loved us. And the thing of it is that we have to be constantly reminded of this. I don't know why, but we have to tell ourselves we're just, we're just children. I mean, the Bible always referred to us as children. We're never referred to as adults in the Bible. As a child, raising a child, train up in the child in the way he should go, you never stop with that. It would be glorious to tell a child one time, and that's it. That's not the case. But you do this. You train up a child. So this, revel this revelation from God that Jesus actually did it for us, simply put, because he loves us. Simply put, because he loves us. He does. And then... Some need to have to be convinced of this 
are constantly reminded of this. We know this to be true. And, you know, I've times before when I did went to the jail, I would, I would tell the guys, some of them, uh, you see, I would always try to, in some way, relay that message to them. And I think I've only been actually scared one time, you know, of, wow, <laughs> I'm human after all. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, you know, I'm locked in here. Uh, but, you know, the Bible says, what you sow, you reap, saint or sinner. So I would always tell them, what you did to put you here, that's between you and the state. I'm here to tell you that God loves you. And that's why we're here. We're not here for nothing else. Right. Just to tell you that God loves you. And just to just try to convey to them. And you know, if we have to be repeatedly told, how much do you think people like that has to be told and just, I don't know. We should not doubt that at all, but we do. Anything, anything the sheep uh, could expect a good shepherd to do, we could expect our heavenly father to do. And as David penned these words, he is thinking, my Lord, look how God has been so good to me. Our texts demonstrate what God's shepherding, how well he cares for us. He's quick to understand and do for us. David himself has spent countless days in the field with the sheep, spending time providing for them, protecting them from predators. He would face difficult times in his life. We know that he did. But through some, through no, no fault of his own, others through, through his fault. But we know that David wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he would face, as we know. But time and time again, God would manifest himself as a perfect shepherd in David's life. We, you know, Psalms 23, 1 said, I shall not want. David knew that he would lack no necessity when it comes to God. In the King James Version, the phrase is rendered in the future tense. In other words, it's not just about today. It's about what life brings tomorrow. I shall not want. God knows, you know, I don't know if it would ever be good to us to know the future. Because God, I shall not want for today or in the future. Because God knows what's in the future. He knows this. And he said that he would take care of us. So God provides both Spiritually, physically, our heavenly shepherd realizes that we just don't have physical needs but also have emotional, spiritual, psychological needs. And God is more able to provide for all of our needs in the way that he knows best. And the Bible says that on where the, the sheep was laying down, maketh me lie down in the green pastures, leadeth me beside the still waters. I don't know why sheep won't drink unless the water's still. That is just sheep, but that's what the Bible says. 
makes me to lie down in green pastures. You know, that's, that's nourishment right there. And he leads me beside the still waters. That's what he wants. He restores us. One, one beautiful promise that, that is quoted said, He restores my soul. And in third, it says, He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And what is unique on Psalms 23.3 that it says, He restoreth my soul. How many times have we joked and said, you know, I'm just losing my mind. <laughs> Maybe you have never said that. But where it says he restoreth my soul, it literally means to bring back. To bring back. And where David said through the anointing, what I have lost, what I need mentally, God can bring back to me. And that is God, that's only one way God can do that, is that he knows us. He knows what I need. He is able to restore. And that's literally what that means, to bring back. And the sheep was not always willing to listen. Unfortunately, they wanted to wonder. Sheep is just known for that. They will wonder and wander away, get lost, caught in the thickets, eating bad food, falling in prey to predators. And the shepherd always had to be aware. It is just, and me just speaking of this, it makes me wonder who would want to be a shepherd? Because it's literally, I mean, you would really have to love sheep to be a true shepherd because of everything this was you know I don't think there could be no part time shepherd because in Israel and looking at the way they worked and you just going to go out and have a few sheep and do this not really the way it should be done I don't think you could but even though our heavenly shepherd is perfect we're not always the perfect flock because we're just flesh and blood we have tendencies to be stubborn we think we know best and go our own way when this happens we do have a merciful God a loving shepherd that continues to call us with open arms beckoning us to return David continued he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake and then there is a way that seemeth right to a man and this is astonishing to me that seemeth right. Now you're talking about needing to guard us, to guard ourselves. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And for me to just say, well, I'll tell you what, I think this is right. And if all my thinking is just flesh, <laughs> somebody needs to wake me up. Because if I'm doing that in flesh alone, the Bible says that end of that is death. Because if, if, if I'm telling you, that is amazing. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. It just seems right. It just seems right. 
But the Bible says the end of that is death. And it's not talking about just this flesh ceasing to exist. Eternal death. And, but that's amazing. What a sobering thought. A path that might look right and good to our eyes. But we cannot see far enough down the road that the path ultimately leads to destruction. And that's us. We, you know, I've said it for years. We only see at our level. In our level, you can't see very far. So what seems right right now in 12 hours could be a world apart. A world apart. The writer of Proverbs said, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths. That's why we can't do it all on our own. We can't do it. Though we wish we could avoid trials, David indicated we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Some translation put that, the darkest valley. And at times, it seems like the forces of evil are especially strong and closing in around us. Da David wrote of this phrase, um, if you looked at it in the present tense, because when it says, the Bible says that, that he was, yea, I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It was likened to when they would walk through and it closed in, the valley closed in, the shepherd went before the sheep because the wolves was hiding in the rocks and the shepherd knew it. So David was saying, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the shepherd is going first. So when the wolves come out, they're going to encounter the shepherd first. It's not the sheep that he's sending first. It's the shepherd that's going first that's going to take care of the predators that's there. And he says, that's why he said when he was writing this, I will fear no evil for this reason because my shepherd is going first. Therefore, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. You're leading me. And he is saying this. And he wrote this. He said, I will fear no for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. From a prison cell, and Paul wrote confidently, you know, from a prison cell, this is how I always like to do this. Here's Paul jailed. He's in cuffs. And he's got one hand free and he's writing. But my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Paul knew that he didn't have everything he wanted. Or this hand would be uncuffed. But he knew that he had everything that he needed and God was going to provide for him again. So that just took, that just took faith and I believe, I don't know, if they had me cuffed like that, I would pray I could write something like that. This is why David knew that God would pro provide a table of provision even in the presence of his enemies. Now, even, even, David was saying, even with predators around, this is not like um, predators being around like in this, as we would think, almost like in your face, I'm, I'm going to eat and you're going to watch. David, I think, was saying that here is God, here is the chief shepherd 
that's going to take and feed his sheep. Yes, there's predators, but God is going to feed his uh, sheep in pasture that is rich with nutrition. He is going to, this is going to give them assurance. And I believe this goes back to the enemies of Psalm 22. David said, the Lord is going to bring us through it. If he has to do it right in the presence of our enemies, he is going to do this. And he's taken, he said, thou anointest my head with oil. The ancient shepherds would literally anoint the sheep's head with oil for a variety of reasons. It could help them not to get stuck in tight places to prevent infections, protect them from bugs. And through, we know throughout the Bible, anointing is more left for, for God's favor and blessings. And if you was, God positioned you for a task, you was anointed for that task, we know that. And this is why God took a ruddy boy like David that was a shepherd and just a boy that they... His own father wouldn't even acknowledge. This is all my sons. Well, where's, there's no more? You know, Samuel said, look, look, bud, we ain't sitting down until something happens. And he's, whoa, I got one more, but he's with the sheep. Go get him. That's why, you know, I, this is what I've said, you know, if your own father won't even acknowledge you, come to God and let him make a king out of you. Because the Bible does say we're kings and priests according to this Bible. So he comes in and they anoint him. And then David said, my cup runneth over. And you could look at it from a literal point of view. And as David was saying, I have everything I want. My cup runneth over. That's why he started out, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And now he's getting to the point, he's saying, my cup runneth over. I not only have everything I need, I have more than enough. My cup is running over because when you're getting at the, uh, he hadn't just started this, so to speak. He's getting on, the relationship is growing, and now God is blessing him with more than he needs. So we can put, put our trust in God to take care of us, and he does. Now, elsewhere in the book of Psalms, a much older David reflected about God's provision. After many years of blessing, protection, provision, boundless mercy and grace, David wrote this perspective. I have been young and I'm now old, yet I have seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. David was overwhelmed by how much a heavenly shepherd had cared for him. His testimony sits among the testimony of countless others throughout history who have testified to God's faithfulness. Each of us literally could add our own stories to this, and we know that to be true. Now, his blessings follow us continually. It says, he, the last verse says it like this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where it says to submit to God as our good shepherd, we may enjoy the benefits that come with that position, meaning his constant presence. 
And then James said it like this. He wrote, every good and perfect gift cometh down from from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. That we should be thankful for God's presence of God's mercy, his faithfulness and unfailing love. Now, where it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Follow me is not like we may think that it's behind just following me. Follow me, when you look it up, means to pursue. It is not just following you, tagging along behind you. The Bible literally means goodness and mercy shall pursue you all the days of your life. When you give yourself to God and acknowledge him as your shepherd, that's a promise from God. Goodness and mercy shall follow you, shall pursue you all the days of your life. Now, and David ends it with this, where he said, and I will dwell in the house, house of the Lord forever. Now, we know when he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Home is where we eat and sleep. Home is where we truly feel the most comfortable and safe. And using this analogy, he wanted to experience God's presence even more than that. And David said that I want to dwell in God's presence, his true presence, ever more than what I can experience on this earth. This is what I want, David said. I want to dwell in God's presence in the house of the Lord forever. He is saying, this is what I want. He never felt more safe, secure, or protected in the provision anywhere else. And let us determine and recognize the presence of our great shepherd in our daily lives. Just as the ancient shepherds were comfortable living, eating, and sleeping in the field with their sheep. Now imagine that. That's what I'm saying. It took a special breed to do this. Sign up for a job. I got 100 sheep. What is this, 7 to 3.30? Nope, it's 24-7. And you don't come home. You literally live with these sheep. And he desires to, God literally desires, desires to rejoice with us in the moments of our triumph, our tragedy. He mourns with us. He rejoices with us. And he knows, he knows what it's like. Now, we know that when... I'll just say it like this. Look at Moses, a man that was so used of God. And God put him in the miraculous way that he did and took all through him, put him in the position that he had of Pharaoh. But before God was going to let him lead the people, he put him in the desert as a shepherd for 40 years. Before he handled the literal sheep of God, he he had to handle sheep because of the parallels that I believe that goes along with it. 40 years that God took to
to do this. I'm going to ask you to just stand with me. God is our shepherd. He does know what we go through. He does understand what we're in, the times we go through. And the Bible says that God was moved with compassion. That, that's not like you go by a car wreck and say, oh, man, that's, that's bad, and then just keep going. The, where the Bible says he was moved with compassion, that means he, it's, it's, it's like a deep sorrow that he felt for the people as sheep having no shepherd. So God's desire is the same thing now as it was then. He wanted his people to have a shepherd. And that we can be sure of. So let's pray and ask God to touch us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what it means. We ask you this day to strengthen us, Lord God. We thank you, God, that you are the chief shepherd. We thank you, God, for what you've done for Calvary, for all that you went through, Lord God. We ask you to touch us, strengthen us, God. Help us to be faithful. Help us, Lord God, to go about, oh God, the Father's business, I pray. Touch us, Lord God. Strengthen us. Let this word be settled. Lord, touch us, I pray. In Jesus' holy name, amen. God bless you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.